1: Yes, it is, and welcome back as we head into Hour 2 this Friday, October 23rd. It's a good day any day I get to talk with my good friend David Rehoboi. Boy, Boy, he is worth following on Twitter. If you don't follow him on Twitter, at Dave, R-E-A-B-O-I, Dave, R-E-A-B-O-I, national security expert and analyst. I like what Politico calls him, right-wing Twitter pugilist. He'll take that. Dave, how are you?
2: I will take that. How are you, my friend?
1: I'm Great doing really well. How are you? Uh,
2: I'm I'm uh, I'm all right. I'm I'm excited about um, I'm excited about the news today. Uh, in yes, addition to a, that uh, is
1: big uh, news.
2: Yeah, in addition to a really uh, nice debate that we had last night from the president, kind of uncharacteristically um, uh, mellow and yet still. Exacting and uh, and and very competent, Um, he follows it up with something, you know, underlining his uh, uh, even more of his presidential cred, which is putting um, some more points on the board as far as Middle East peace. Um, I know that you had uh, spoken about it uh, eloquently um, at the at the at the start of your show already. You you mentioned the uh, the Israel Sudan uh, deal. And, uh, and really why it's, uh, why it's such a big deal. Um, so we can talk about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I want to. There are two stories to it, Dave, if you follow me, uh, or if you agree with me, I should say. One is the deal itself, the essence of it, and how big a deal it is in and of itself. And the other is the dismissive attitude about it from most of the media that i've been able to see thus far cnn new york times as if it didn't happen i don't think people realize bahrain one uae another but the sudan i mean this was a country that was so much a part of the heart of darkness of 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 not only northern africa and middle eastern um uh what what shall we call it discombobulation uh, to put it no higher uh um, but also the heart of terrorism in many respects and and here we're recognizing Israel in, a, in an agreement brokered by the United States say something about the, the, the largeness of, of and import of this
2: sure I mean this is this is massive um, it's it, I mean exactly as you said heart of darkness is such a great way to put it um, it was where the training camps were it was where uh, you know there was there was a giant um, you know, I mean, people don't remember it now, but it used to be that the media talked about nothing but Darfur for a while.
1: Remember? Uh, yep, <laughs> I remember. <you> know?
2: <laughs> Which was, you know, back I mean, it when was, we cared was, about uh,
1: human rights, evidently. Yeah,
2: right. But you know, back when everybody had Darfur on their bumper stickers, but but everyone was mm-hmm. afraid to talk about the Islamist regime in mm-hmm. Sudan that was the driver behind the genocide in right. Darfur. Right. Um, oh, wait, we and, have to uh,
1: criticize Islamists. Maybe we won't do that. Yeah, right. Yeah,
2: right, exactly. right. So like, I mean, I, I bet you 80% of the people that walked around talking about Darfur couldn't tell you that it's in Sudan, Right. <laughs> which right. which is a kind right. of weird right. branding positioning, but it just goes to show you how, uh, you know, how, how, how little um, the human rights establishment around the world wanted to touch this issue. You know, you had Christians right. being slaughtered by Muslims, so... You know that's the kind of uh, you know that's the kind of no go zone as far as uh, the international media goes. But here we are. You know we do have to thank the Saudis for helping us out or for helping the world out by ending the regime of uh, of, of of Bashar uh, in, in in Sudan, which was which was a horrible regime, and they had a hand in doing that. Um, there was in 2019 there was a um, uh, military takeover in April. By August, they already had the, the, um, the elements of the new regime together that, that, you know, the military had, uh, you know, had, uh, had given up power. And, um, they really wanted to completely turn the page away from the Islamist hellhole that Sudan had been for so long. And, uh, You know, very very slowly, we saw some overtures with the Israelis. We saw them trying to buy weapons. We saw some humanitarian stuff. It was always kind of in the, um, uh, you know, under the under the cloud of darkness. It was like a little blip here and there. But some of us who are watchers of the region saw that something was happening. So when after the uh, the UAE deal uh, popped up, I said, you know, we'll have Sudan in the next round. And, wow. it, you know, it, it, it has uh, it has come to pass. It doesn't make it you know, the fact that it was predictable six months ago doesn't make it any less um, uh, magical over the course of the last couple of years. And really, no, but it says something that you
1: saw yeah. you that you could see this the way the White House could see this. They could see there was a way to end these stalemates, to end these ridiculous non-recognition um, uh, policies. And, yeah. uh, you know, and a as, lot of people, said, I mean, we have John Trump. Kerry on tape saying you could never do this. This could never be done. Right. John Kerry, as secretary of state, said until you solve the Palestinian issue, you'll never have a bigger Israel and the Arab Middle East uh, 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 set of agreements. It's exactly the opposite. Exactly.
2: the opposite. Right. Right. And and, and but I mean, the, the other thing that I say when we talk about this is and, and it, it, it goes to the second point that you raise, which is why the media and Democrats don't really talk about this they don't talk about it because they never wanted it you know we we assume that that uh that sort of you know everybody wants peace and everyone wants the same type of um uh, the, the same type of settlement well you know we're grown ups, so we can say you know what there's actually no such thing as just peace so right. as as our friend angelo codavilla has has written brilliantly it all has to do with the settlement that you get, you know, wh- whose piece are we talking about and on what terms? Right. And right. the terms that, that the Trump folks wanted was, you know, was number one is, is how do we pull our allies together, our current allies, and how do we use our allies against our enemies and, and put together a coalition of people that like us? Mm-hmm. The Obama template mm-hmm. was completely the opposite. It was how do we screw our allies? And empower our enemies because of you know cosmic justice. And so, so the media and the left look at these deals and they and they and they don't like them because it's the opposite of really what they want. It's the, it's, it's the opposite conception of the peace that, that they had had in mind for for decades. So as you said, you know they thought it, that uh, Middle East peace went through the Palestinians. Well, yes, they did, but. What they were after was they were after weakening Israel and empowering the Palestinians, and any byproduct, you know, any byproduct uh, uh, of that would have been suitable for them. But that was their key part. So this really uh, exposes what the left and the media see when they look at things like peace in the Middle East. You know, they they see things. You said that so, you are said something December
1: hugely. Pager. You said you said something hugely important there that I think. Most people may miss peace until Donald Trump came with the notion of weakening Israel as the price for peace. What Donald Trump and Prime Minister Netanyahu have evidently put together is an exactly different notion that peace can come without having to weaken Israel. Indeed, it may even strengthen it given the economies available now. That's that's a 180 degree different mindset than everything that has infected the State Department for 50 or more years.
2: Yeah. And and frankly, also the presidency of both Republicans and Democrats. They thought, you know, even even uh, Reagan or George W. Bush, you know, who were not hostile towards Israel, they still saw the region with this paradigm. Probably what, what you just raised is, is, is the important point, which is that because of the economic and military and cultural uh, power of Israel today versus Israel 20, 30 years ago, we can have this conversation, you know. But back, you know, when Israel was a, you know, bumpkin socialist country, that uh, that really. Um, you know dependent on the US and 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 Germany and France for, for you know trade and survival um, it was a, it was a different world uh, yeah. really the tech industry um, made it such that now everybody wants to wants to be there and yeah. and it completely changed the, uh, the the strategic dynamic so it's an important lesson too with 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 politics which is it's not just military stuff it's not just Um, you know political stuff and negotiations it's also culture and economics and science and and things like this that that end up changing the world
1: let me hold you right there dave we're talking to david rioboy follow him on twitter at Dave rioboy david you can stay with me a little bit sure great we will be right back Welcome back to the Seth Liebson show. Delighted to have David Riaboy with us. Follow him on Twitter at Dave Rehoboie, R-E-A-B-O-I national security analyst and expert. David, we're talking about this uh, new peace deal that uh, the Trump presidency put together between the Sudan and Israel now joining Bahrain and the UAE more to come. I'm sure. And, What a big deal it is for those of us that have kind of watched the Middle East for many, many years. You know better than most the operations (coughs) and the thinkings, excuse me, of how the State Department works, how Washington, D.C., and the foreign policy establishment works. Part of the animus against Donald Trump, this is a question, part of the animus against Donald Trump, is in fact based on the fact that he is upsetting long-established apple carts when it comes particularly to how to deal with Israel, isn't it? And that his outlook, his viewpoint, and his success is, is a dagger in their heart because it's successful and something that puts an end to their ideology. Am I right? I put that in the form of a question.
2: Yes, I think I think you're absolutely right, um, and and it's important to, uh, I mean, it's, it's important to know that that both both Trump and let's say his his swamp rat predecessors of both parties are actually seeking uh, two different things. They have two different endpoints in mind um, when when they're doing these things. So it's not like you know Trump figured out uh, you know the the um, the, the, the magic keystroke to hit or something to, to get um, you know to, to, uh, to, to win the prize um, or something but um, I don't think that I mean as, as you said, I don't think that the establishment the foreign policy establishment had any of these things on its mind as positive developments for right. 50 years as, as, right. as you said and and you know what the same thing is true of, of Europe and and of, and of NATO and these and these things. In Europe, what uh, what what Trump has been doing by pushing the Europeans to actually honor their obligations, uh, their defense obligations, um, has been met with complete uh, horror, terror, and squealing by the same media and foreign policy establishment. Because you know these are just things that you know this is just. Uh, you know this the U.S. the US always picked up the check. Why? Because this is how things always used to go. And when, um,
1: um, when Jean Kirkpatrick became the ambassador to the United Nations under Ronald Reagan, David, she gave a speech to um, a foreign policy group and remember she said, Ronald Reagan and I believe that it's time to take the kick me sign off the backs of the United States at the United Nations. And, of course, conservatives delighted in hearing that kind of thing. But we think about people like Gene Kirkpatrick. We might even throw Daniel Moynihan in there when he was the ambassador to the United Nations. And we think about the moral clarity with which they spoke. What I think we forget is how rare that moral clarity is in the rest of the foreign policy establishment. They were heroes not only because they were clear, but they were heroes because they broke with a long line of tradition, and they really were the exceptions, weren't they, David?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, Kirkpatrick was my hero going back to eighth grade. Um, you know, she, so so she she occupies a, a kind of special place in my heart. But she was an academic. She wrote a piece in uh, in Commentary magazine, "Dictatorships and Double Standards" in nineteen seventy nine that. Uh, that made the Reagan administration and the president himself notice her. And she was a Democrat and, uh, and, and he, brought, he brought her on board and, and she was an integral part of uh, of of his anti-USSR uh, you know, Cold War victory. Um, but once she did that, <laughs> all of the, the 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 academic doors closed to her, you know, her 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 former friends left her. Uh, because, you know, because she was doing something, she was saying things with more clarity that, uh, that were, um, you know that were that were unusual and out of, out of step, step with yeah, uh, with right. her with her profession. Yeah, and and you know what? And the, and the same thing with um, the same thing with Trump today. I mean, I just want your listeners to to know while we you know if, if we just pivot back to Sudan for a second because I I went I remember when these things were happening, but I kind of needed a refresher here. But uh, since since the um, since the government of uh, of Bashir. Um, was toppled in 2019. Listen to what listen to the changes in Sudan. Um, in 2020, they abolished the apostasy law. They got rid of public flogging and and they got rid of the alcohol ban for non-Muslims. Then they criminalized female genital mutilation. Then they they uh, wrote a new constitution with no mention of Islamic law, and no no official state religion. And, uh, and in September 2020, which was just, just recently, they agreed to officially separate the state and religion. So going from the most hardcore Islamist Sharia based country in very little time to, to really, um, you know, as liberal on paper already you know already as as any muslim country in the region i mean no mention of islamic law no mention of religion in in a year you know banning fgm making it punishable these are huge deals and um, and and these were all done with this goal in mind with this normalization in mind and the, you know we should we should be happy about this this is this is a you know not just for for the U.S., not just for Israel and our friends, but just for humanity and, and especially for the people in Sudan. I mean, they are now freed from the yoke of Islamic extremism. And Once upon a time we used we to, you know, celebrate.
1: yeah, once upon a time we used to pray for peace, sing for, for peace, march for peace. We're getting peace. Absolutely, yeah. David. All yeah. right, I have one last question before I let you get Sure. What kind of steak are you cooking tonight, and what album will you be putting on with what kind of bourbon or scotch?
2: oh well, I don't drink, so that's an easy one okay um, and i i I didn't make any steak. I'm actually going out for Italian with some friends okay but, um, <laughs> I'm 0 for two okay <laughs> <laughs> Delmonico steak and,
1: sounds italian maybe you'll maybe you'll order right. a Delmonico's. okay yeah
2: yeah yeah exactly and 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 now i'm uh I'm listening to actually uh, to I'm kind of obsessively listening to uh, records by Cartola, who uh, who was a a brilliant samba composer and and made three records three killer killer records in Brazil in the 1970s when he was already like at the at the in the twilight of his career, and uh, and they're wonderful and you should keep them out.
1: Nicely done, David Rio Boy. You're a good man, sir. Thank you for joining us. Have a great dinner. Have you a great too. weekend. You too. Thank Take you, care. sir. Bye bye. We'll talk soon. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson show. If you're not taking balance of nature, I'd like to ask that you take a look at balance of nature. I take it every single day and it boosts my immunity. It improves my health. It gives me energy. It is the most effective whole food supplement on the market today. One daily dose gives me tens of thousands of vital nutrients made from great stuff. I'm talking... Pineapple, papaya, apples, bananas, I'm talking oranges, I'm talking spinach, zucchini, kale, cayenne pepper. It's a great product, and they have a great deal right now. Free shipping and 35% off your first order of their preferred fruits and veggies order. Give them a call at 800 246 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code BALANCE big fan of them all right buddy uh bill my um my uh uh we're going uh, i just can't tell where i'm going to next am i going to alexis and phoenix alexis and phoenix how are you
0: how are you Seth? Uh, i'm fine, fine like sir you. it's nice to hear you yeah it's been a while since i called and um i'm just going to say goodbye to all the all the american people and all the patriots you know Thank you. Um,
1: Thank you. I we think that the president,
0: from... uh, the president did great yesterday. I think that, I mean, you can you can ask for more. In my opinion, uh, He's fighting against everything. You know, the mm-hmm. uh, the FBI uh, concealing and spreading disinformation, the news and the social media covering up for um, everything. Um, um, you know, unfair interviews, unfair debates. Um, I mean, I don't know what else. They have tr- they have thrown the sink at him, and he's still he's still doing well. You know, I think pretty
1: he, impressive, he did, isn't it? He
0: did an awesome job yesterday, mm-hmm. and it shows about his his moral um, stand. You know, and, and his strength. You know, he just got COVID just a couple weeks ago, and and he looks stronger. You know, so yep. uh, that's very encouraging, and I see a lot of patriots maybe concerned or worried about, you know, the future and the economy and this and that. And uh, I don't think people realize this, that this is a fight for not your lifestyle in terms of, you know, your 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 daily living. This is about your life or death. You know, it's, what's at stake here is our life. You know, and I don't think people realize this, that, yeah, maybe in some states where things are really bad, like you know, in New York and Oregon and California, and, uh, it's more evident. I think that here in Arizona, we still have it good. And people think that this is just another election. It's not. We are at the verge of losing our lives, as we know them. We will lose our rights. We'll lose everything. And as you know, I come from Venezuela. You think that what's going on is bad? You haven't seen anything yet. The first time I called this show, a while ago, I said it on my first call. We're dealing with a band of international criminals. This is a criminal syndicate that has ruined entire countries, That has destroyed families, millions of families that have killed millions of people. And I have witnessed these things and I still have to bear the consequences of socialism and and communism and and corruption and and drug trade and all this nasty business that the left is all about. And people are still worrying about debates and did he do the the right answer or not and and polls and stuff. This This is not a game, guys. This is about our possibility to continue living. This is not about Switching parties or having a new president. This is about either you're going to eat or you're going to starve. Either you're going to have a place to work or you're going to have to rely on the government to give you a little bag of food every month. This is what we're dealing with here. And people don't seem to get it yet. So go out there and vote and vote for the only option that can preserve our freedom, our safety, and our lives. And that's Donald Trump. There's no other one. There's not only one. If you're still confused because you are the old-school traditional conservative that that's bothered with the way Trump talks, you are committing the biggest mistake of your life.
1: Do you, I have to take a break, Alexis. Do you want to stay on and come back on yeah. the other side of yeah. that with a little bit yeah. more? I yeah. really appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Uh, we'll talk to you more about this because there is a lot more to say about this. And uh, as I go out, uh, let me just uh, mention – uh, that if you are in the midst of selling your home or thinking about selling your home, call my friend James Wexler at jmgrealestate.com. James Wexler is not only a friend, he is the top real estate agent right here in Phoenix and Scottsdale. He guarantees to sell your home at market value or pay the difference. He can also make you an upfront guaranteed offer within 24 hours of you reaching out to him. Check him out at jameswexler.com. Or call them at 480-386-0711. Welcome back and thank you. I want to do a shout out to my newest of sponsors, Nationwide Coin and Bullion Reserve In these times of turbulence and uncertainty, you want something as solid as gold. You want gold, and you want to get it from Nationwide Coin. They are a great and trusted precious metals dealer with a 4.6 star rating on Trustpilot. Right now, waiting to make these financial decisions until after the election, could be costing. Could be costly. And Nationwide Coin and Bullion Reserve has an exceptional offer for new customers. While supplies last, you can get a one-ounce Gold Eagle coin at cost for just eighteen seventy-five Weight and purity backed by the U.S. government. It's a great opportunity to safeguard your future. So call Nationwide at 800-850-1155. That's 800-850-1155. And mention that you heard about them on my show. That's Nationwide Coin at 800 850 one one five five. We were talking with Alexis, and uh, thank you for holding, Alexis. I appreciate your testimony. It's important. People need to understand that it's one thing to read about Marxism in the textbooks and in the history books. It's important also to understand that it's not being taught in the textbooks and history books the way it used to be. And yet it's another thing to hear testimony from those who lived under it and you did and it's a threat here isn't it alexis it is.
0: it is it is it is very it's beyond anything that people can really imagine unless you've been through it i don't think the american public has been educated yet even by its leaders i think that uh, one of a few things i can criticize from president trump is that he has not been really straightforward in the sense of talking to the American people about uh, the, the the danger of Marxism, he has hinted about it. Uh, I think uh, A. G. Barr has made statements where he specifically refers about you know uh, a Marxist insurrection uh, on the way in this country, but but it has not been established that way. I don't know if it's because they are they're judging the psychology of the. Of the american electorate maybe they don't want to create panic or be called conspiracy theories because that seems to be like the the the, the predilect uh, uh buzzword of the left to to conceal what they're doing as soon as you talk about marxism and you talk about a communist insurrection they call you a conspiracy theorist. but let me tell you out there if you're a conservative if you're a latino for example you're a latino conservative and you're right now I'm worried about President Trump because of all the propaganda that talks about him being a racist, all this stuff. Let me tell you, don't forget why we're here in America. We have to leave our countries for a reason, and you know what that reason is. Don't come to me about talking to me about little kids that are being separated from, from their parents. You know very well there's millions of kids in Latin America that don't eat every night. You don't care about it, so don't come to me talking about kids in cages and stuff besides who built the cages you know who built the cages it was obama but there's a reason why those people sacrificed crossing the rivers and crossing the desert with coyotes through cartel land to come to america and it's because south of the border it's a mess it's run by corrupt people by cartels and by socialists and that's what they want to bring over here so do not forget that Do not forget that if you're you're a Latino out there like me. There's a reason why we came to this country, escaping from that nightmare, because we wanted freedom, we wanted peace, we wanted to be able to raise a family, we wanted to be able to realize our dreams. And these very same people that destroyed our countries now are here trying to do the same. So stop the drama about the the kids in cages. I feel bad for them, but guess what? Here, Here at least they're being treated fairly and they're safe. They were not safe in the countries. And by the way, that bill, we're paying for it, not the countries where they came from. I want to hear from those governments. What are they doing about those people that are here that were caught at the border? What are they doing for those kids? We're the ones that are paying for it, with are tax money. Yeah. We're sick and tired of hearing about this whole thing about the immigration debate and, and all the pandering and all the race baiting. We came here to this country because we were escaping socialism. So let's cut it. I'm fed up with the whole narrative that, you know, Trump is a racist and all this stuff. If, if after four years you're still on that on that on that wagon of Trump is a racist, you you, you 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 there's no hope for you. You know, we came here for a reason because our countries were ruined by socialism. We cannot allow socialism to prevail in America. America cannot become a socialist country. Go and vote for Donald Trump if you're a Latina. I'm talking to you from the bottom of my heart. We cannot allow the same tragedy to happen here. We cannot allow it. And to my fellow Americans that that never been inside of the border, that didn't grow up on the third world, you have to stop with the whole thing about the way Trump talks and all this stuff. If you're a conservative, go bullet. And not only go vote for Trump, go vote for Republicans. Because... The, the real danger, as you can see, look at all the states, what they're doing on the blue states. They are destroying the, the, the blue states. They're running them down. They're destroying their economy. We cannot allow that to happen in Arizona. We have to keep Arizona red. You know, we have to make sure that, that, that we have leaders in power that respect the Constitution and that respect all rights. We cannot be with people that is engaged in Marxism and socialism, we can't, we can't have that. And that's, that's what I wanted to say. I'm sorry that I'm so, you know, intense, but this is really personal, you know,
1: never apologize, Alexis, never apologize. If there's been something I could call a blessing, of course, every day is, but if there's something I could call an unexpected extra blessing to what I've been able to do, To hear a voice like yours and a testimony like yours and to be able to promote it and give to, uh, as Shakespeare said, "airy abstraction, a local habitation in a name, concrete evidence of that which we talk about and give your voice to more people than than I just, you know, words fail me after hearing you speak. They always do. You and know, I always get a ton there, of emails after hearing w- you speak.
0: W- w- one, one more thing I want to add: people always always ask me, and this is directed to Latinos out there because I want I want I want Latinos to hear me. People, Hispanic people, I want I want them to hear me because they are under constant identity politics uh, attacks. You know, and they might be influenced by by the peer pressure of you got to vote Democrat and there is anybody out there that is listening to me that, that knows what I'm talking about, remember, remember, we still deal with the consequences of socialism. You know, it costs me $200 a month to feed my family in Venezuela. Sometimes even more because I have to save money for medicines and everything. And when I asked my family what would happen if I was not there to provide that income every month, they told me we would die. So don't forget about it. There's millions of people all over the world that are counting in this country to succeed. If you ruin this country, the hope of those countries is gone because they depend on us. Thank you, Alexis.
1: They depend on us. Bless you and thank you. Bless you and thank you, you, sir. Bye-bye. Very good. Bye-bye. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, your show all the way from here on out into the next hour, 602 508 <coughs> Excuse me, I did my uh, CDC numbers crunching. Let me uh, give you what they have with regard to testing the way I wish the media would report this. It would be entirely accurate if they did it this way, but they won't. And that's why Matt, who called in earlier, is out of a job. We have had 138 million COVID tests in this country. 10.1 of them have been positive. That means 126.9 million tests have been negative. That gives you a positivity rate of 7%, which is 1% less than what it was a week ago when I gave you these numbers. We have 228,000 deaths from or with COVID. That gives you a death rate as a percent of positive tests at 2.2%. A death rate as a percentage of all tests, one-tenth of 1%. Both those numbers are also lower than what they were a week ago. In a population of 331 million, that gives you a mortality rate of 6 one-hundredths of a percent. That means your chance of not dying is 99.94%. I just wish the media would report it that way. It's entirely accurate using CDC numbers. I looked them up before I went on the show. When we go into uh, our next hour, I want to invite calls, especially, as I said earlier, we have the ability once in a while to get ideas up into the campaign and sometimes up to the White House. What you would like to hear Donald Trump talk about or the campaign be. Emphasizing as we go into the final, less than two weeks stretch here of this election. Um, love to hear your ideas, and if you have feedback on the debate, love to do that too. I have a few other things I want to share with you, and we'll of course do that in the next hour as well. But the number, your voice, 602 508 0960. And yes, let's remain. Theoretical optimists, while we act as operational pessimists. We have to do this with good cheer. The reason I wanted to say this to Alexis said, well, let me save it for the next hour, because Alexis raised an interesting point, an interesting question. I'll leave it here and we'll deal with it in uh, in the next hour. Why is it that Republicans, all the way up to the president, don't talk about Marxism. I'll tell you why, and there's a good reason for it. I'm Seth Leibson, Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. your show from here on out. We'll be right back.